welcome everybody to Gardens the Untold Story. We're talking from seed to plate. And Andy's bouncing in. Guys, that's Andy's music. So you got to check him out on SoundCloud under the Invisible Gardener. Uh, he's got some absolutely amazing music in there, guys. Have you Andy, heard any have you heard any of the latest stuff I did? Have you you're following, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm following you. I haven't actually uh, went over there for probably a week and a half. Oh no, so. no, you're gonna, you're missing something. Uh, okay. Uh, every every day, is some really a new breakthrough in in the music category thing. So, uh, and it's really cool. I really I really enjoy it. But today, you know, we're doing uh, how to, basically I think we wrote down from seed to plate, growing your own organic food. Yep. I came up with that's my idea from seed to plate, and and you know hi guys, oh I have to move over to the comments section over here so I can see it. Hey, hey, there's Diggity and Scotty. Yeah. I bet you all these guys have their own garden in the back. Hey Scotty, I oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know Scotty, I bet she has a garden growing in the back. Yeah, and there's Shadow. Hello, Barada. And Shadow too. I bet you Shadow has an outrageous garden. Well, and they're here to learn um, from a professional gardener, uh, an arborist that's been doing this since the 70s and has, you know, has amazing results in the gardens that you are working with in Malibu. Um, now, from seed to plate, we're not talking about an arborist. We're not talking trees. We're talking more food. Uh, but are we talking a food forest? Is that what we're talking about, Andy, Mr. Andy Lopez? A food forest. That's interesting. It's a, it's a weird concept depending upon who you talk to. What is your idea of a food forest? Um, I think basically in, in my reality, a food forest would be you can consume pretty much any plant that's in your garden, whether it's a, a leaf, a fruit, a vegetable, uh, you know, nut trees, you know, fruit trees, um, anything like that, even the flowers that you can eat. That, to me, would be a food for it. You eat everything you can see, right? That's a little weird because a lot of times you can only eat certain things on a plant. <laughs> and you really can't eat a whole plant sometimes, most of the time, generally speaking, you know, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a food for us, I guess a food for it means plenty of food everywhere. Okay. You have to have some some basic idea of whether you eat the leaf, the flower, or whatever, what part of the plant you eat because they're all different. Mm -hmm. That, that's yep. always trick and growing. And, it, and it's really more like growing how Mother Nature grows because one of the problems I, I've always had, I mean, a friend of mine gave me this book, Square Foot Gardening, right? Okay. Square Foot gar Gardening, which, uh, you know, it's a really cool idea uh, in a certain sense. You know, you have a certain spacing, basically idea. You, you, make, you, you, you uh, run little uh, lines, little strings. You have this, this little block. So you block yeah. them out, you block them out, and usually one foot, one square foot, and in there is where you grow a specific plant. You know, you actually mm -hmm. grow. And but but you know, being an aquarium in nature, I and also Mother Nature does nothing in a straight line like that. Find me some yep. way that it normally happens and you you know the, that's interesting. So so uh, for me, the the idea is still there in in ter in terms of uh, growing a lot of food in the same space. Yeah, because uh, there's, there's things you can grow above ground that also will do well with things growing below ground. 
I, I enjoy doing you, you you learn how to do that because many different things uh, inhabit different spaces. So some things have the fruit above ground, the other things have you eat the, the roots. Yeah, they can't they can both be growing in the same area. And my uh, my my uh, there are some things that we all should already know in terms of this is not a class on how to prepare your soil, <laughs> right? This is not yeah, a class yeah. on how to, build, how to build a raised bed because there are many different kinds of raised bed, uh, many different kinds of way of growing into the ground because I've been doing this for so long. I could, as a matter of fact, the place I'm moving to now, it's like black. It was, there was a fake lawn on there. Take, I told them, take the fake lawn out, and sure enough, there's just nothing there. It looks like there was a little road that came out behind the house. It looks flat. It looks like there's concrete there, or, yeah. or, the, or the soils rather become very hard. So I'm, I'm looking at different ways of turning it into a, a, a beautiful vegetable garden with flowers and whatever else. And so... Cool. And I'm going to be taping it too, so maybe throughout the the history of the garden, whatever, I'll show up here and we'll say, look what's going on today. Because I like to, I want to do more of that. What what I do out there. Uh, the pro only problem I'm having now is that my iPhone, which I shoot my videos and everything, I have billions and trillions and trillions of videos and images of work of different things going on, different gardens I have built. Uh, they don't uh, does not talk to my PC, which I'm on now. I try yeah. to tell them that how can I move it from there to here, and it's like holy cow, and and so I I, I finally got iCloud to work a little bit, but it still doesn't seem to get all the all, everything across. I have to figure out it out. So, but I want to show. So this particular area that I'm doing, I, I have so many different ideas as to how I want make it manifest, uh, but. It all comes down to I'm really radically going to have to change the environment here. I'm going to have to. I'm going to go raise yeah. beds. I'm going to build some kind of raised beds. Okay? okay. The basic law is if you can't go down, you go up. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So I can't. I'm not going to be able to go down too far. Maybe a foot or two if I'm lucky. Normally, the last time I did a raised bed, no, not the last time, but a long, long time ago, I did a raised bed for the tree people. You've heard of the tree people here in LA? It's called the tree people. Okay. And Nonprofit, they plant a billion trees everywhere, and so mm -hmm. I volunteered for them one year, a couple of years, and then I did. Uh, uh, I said we need some raised beds here, and I dug a hole. I'm six five. I would stand in it, and my head would disappear. That's how. So it'd be at least six feet down. I went down. Okay, and I'm not sure why I did, but why I did that. Normally, you go into, you run into something, that tells you to stop. I can't go any further, right? You okay? Mm -hmm. That's as far as I can go. But this thing was like really loose, sandy soil. So I dug it out. And uh, this was right after the earthquake. And there was plenty of rocks and stones and all kinds of things that could be used. So I got I got a whole bunch of rocks. And I put a layer of rocks in the bottom and hit the walls and put the rocks up and on the sides of the wall. Just patted them all in there. I did um, another bed. I made it out of uh, glass bottles. This guy had a billion zillion bottles of wine that were emptied and, and the mm -hmm. source of it. And so I made the, the, the bottom, I pounded, the, flipped them over to the nose and put them in the ground. So I did a, a bottom of it. And then I stood them all up together, you know, so that they would fit on the wall. Okay. And, and as I went up, I was adding soil to it. So by the time it came up to the to level, it was, uh, 
and the, and the bottles will come up out of the ground. The bottles was the the heads will stick up out of the ground, and I would right. put water in it. But the wind will blow over. You hear the the wind, the make the bottles the whistle, yeah. And so, and then what I did that on purpose. I like the glass the one because at night they're warmer. So they during the day it it collects the heat at night. It radiates the heat out, so it keeps the bed, the race beds warmer at night, which is also very good. So, I, Andy, I, I have to stop you here. Now, you okay. dug down into the ground. Yeah. A raised bed comes up from the ground. Right, so right. You're making a pit and calling it a raised bed? I, I'm confused. Well, it's a raised bed because it sticks up off, off the ground. But the problem when you do a raised bed, just say you have a raised bed. Most of them do like 16-inch raised bed, right? They put it off the ground. Right. Maybe, maybe 24 inches like that off the ground. They put lay it down on the ground. They put something down on it. If you're, you know, if you're organic, you may put cardboard or dig it out. But you don't go down. You just lay it down. You put wine, and you and you have your raised bed. There's right. a problem. Yep. There's a problem with that. Okay. And that's why you want to go down because root systems go down. To, uh, the root system of a simple lettuce plant goes down six feet. Yeah. So most vegetables, you name the vegetables, will have massive roots that will go down. Very, very deep. And that's what you want. You want to have a, you know how you say more roots in the, in the ground? Well, you want, more, soil, yeah. you want to have more have more of the roots, a space for the roots to grow, to be uh, in the ground. That's so Basically, you're fluffing up what's deeper down yeah. to make it uh, easier for the roots to, to migrate right, down right. and root. Take, okay, take, that makes sense. Take everything okay. out, take everything out, put it, blend it with the compost and other, other, they're, they're, you learn how to make a mix of things you want to put back into the ground. So compost is one of them. The, the, the natural soil that you have there, that's the other one of them. You want to have some source of minerals. You want to try to duplicate a place. You want to have, add carbon, some source of carbon to it. There, there are lots of things, ways that you can incorporate it in a very gentle way. Like even worms. You want to maybe even make it so the worms can survive down in there. That'd be nice, yeah. They would need I those. just let the worms grow down there. I, I've always done that in my raised beds. I just tell people you can't go dig it. You have to use a finger because there are worms there. I, I, when I first started, I was I just shovel. I would cut the worms in half. I go, oh boy. <laughs> you can tell, you know, there's a half. This worm in shock going. I thought you loved me, and I just you just cut my body. Off. I don't know if they regenerate, but I think they die. Some worms. Do right. Some worms. Yeah. Some, some worms, I believe, do regenerate. Um, well, the, these the worms die. Well, these worms die when they get cut in half. Yeah. I guess that's not the kind of worm. But, yeah, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. So, but I, I, that's that's what I've always been taught is you can cut a worm in half and and it'll survive. So, but, but I'm not hundred percent. That's the reason to, to dig down. Is to really get, you very rarely get down in there. So once you do that, you're never going to do it again probably in a long, long time. So they should yeah. made a nice area for things to grow down there. Things will start to decompose. So you're constantly be adding things into your garden because it'll settle down, settle down. Maybe in five to ten years, you may want to dig it out and have some kind of amazing compost down there because you can always take that and transplant it to other parts of, the gar of your garden. What I, I do for my customers, like what I'm going to be doing here is once I get growing, it's a, it's a worm farm going and the compost going, I actually will have little batches of uh, special compost that I'm going to make 
that I'm going to mm -hmm. transplant in the, in, onto the property. I find a space, a space on the person's property, which I already know of. I usually mark them right off the back, right off the bay where the right off the way where the most biology is, the biology is most active on that person's property. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, it's, you find it's a very mellow environment. Not on the bright, hot sun getting baked. Not totally in the dark where you, you know, even though it doesn't, it's not nothing to do with light, but it has to do with, with uh, being in a nice, friendly environment that the microbes are then endure year round. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and the, there's uh, several places I, that I think of offhand when I go to a customer's place. And actually, when I, when I, when I go to a customer's place, I'm always looking and going, Okay, where is it that's most active here? What is going on here? And there's some of them there's totally nothing, no place at all. So then you have to say, okay, we have to create a place, a space where they can mm -hmm. grow, right? And that's one of the advantages of doing uh, uh, a worm farm, because a worm farm is one of the uh, the keys to having your own, to growing your own food. And, mm -hmm. and the reason for that is the, the, the microbes is the excellent source of microbes that you can constantly be giving your garden because that's one of the the reasons why another reason why i do the, the raised bed into the ground because it if you look at it, it's a big giant container that's in the ground yeah so it, it has a specific little environment with the rocks and everything in, in that space that the micro the biology will grow it also has a source of uh, you want to provide the you want to have a whole property filtration system that will filter out the water uh, chemicals in the water because that's constantly ruining your, your your vegetable garden, ruining your soil, which which in turn will ruin your your, your food. See, so you want to have uh, an environment which has to be built in the right location, 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 location. Your garden should be in a place where you get sun. Right, the right. most more sun, the better. And you and and ideally, it doesn't have to be made out of rocks, but it could be made out of whatever local things you have. Mm -hmm. Lots of different ways you can do that. I, I like the rocks because the microbes like rocks. So if you, yeah. so you, you can get the different kinds of, uh, of rocks that you can build with, you have a better chance of the microbes establishing themselves, right? So you like using rock walls, building your own rock walls for a raised bed. Right, right, right. No, and okay. not using any kind of motor or any kind of plaster or anything like that. It's just putting them to putting them together. Right. As a matter of fact, I like clay. So clay is one of my favorite ones to use. I think the, the biology does fine with clay. As a matter of fact, they like clay. It, they yeah. they live in clay a lot faster than they would in the, on the rocks. They will inhabit the clay. You can take the piece of clay and move it to another place. And and if they if the other place that you're going to move them to, you set it up a little bit, they will survive. See what I do is I call them tree vents. So these mm -hmm. are uh, so tree vents. Is, uh, I name them tree vents because they actually um, do what they say is they vent the trees. Okay. Right. And they're they're actually clay drain, drain pipes, and the clay is the key to it because the clay is paramagnetic. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you want to do with your you want to learn and you're growing uh, your your vegetable. We're talking about vegetable, but all fruit is the energy that you that you're going to you're going to be exposing them to the, and mm. one of the ways that Mother Nature makes makes for healthy food in terms of trace minerals, because that's what you really want to do. You want everything that you're eating. You want to have it a, a blend source of all the trace minerals. Good idea. You're going to eat it. You're going to get your trace minerals, not yeah. just from one plant, but from a variety of different things that you're eating. 
Mm -hmm. This really cool environment that's providing you with all the different trace minerals, various different plants, different different ways of eating. It, yeah. Right? And so once you establish that cycle, and you and you, you you one of the things you have to always do too is you have to really create your own soil that's, that's going into this environment. You have to create, and you have to create it from your environment. From your local environment, you want to get the biology that you're getting from the grass that you have, from the yep. flowers that you have, from the trees that you're growing, the leaves that's on your property. And that's yeah. what you—that's what you want to learn. That's where you get a shredder. You learn how to make, how to work with that, and then you can take one step further too. Because what I do, that I did in Florida, is I would always drive around the countryside, which is, and I would get animal stuff. Poo poo and chicken, whatever, from the local environment, which is still kind of my local biology. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still part of this little uh, geolo geographical local biology. Your terroir, as they call it. My terroir. What is that? Yeah. Terroir. That's your local environment. Is is your territory, your environment? Uh, they call it terroir. Right. So you don't you don't have to go really super far. But if you have if you have a, a farmer or, or some kind of farm or, or a, a giant mm -hmm. or another person gardening anywhere in your area, I would love to get some of that biology into my place. Yeah. You see. Right. So that's what one of the things that you want to key into. And people don't understand that. But compost, especially if it's made by somebody else. It's such a cool idea because. Uh, and you, you understand what I just finished saying. You're basically getting the biology from that guy's place, and you're bringing it over to your place. If he's making good compost, right? Well, compost. That's the key to otherwise it's crap. But that, yeah. that's the whole key to it. Exactly right. <laughs> that's why yeah. we say use a microscope, take a look, and then you know if it's good or it's bad. Well, how would you know? Because it'd be, it'd be active or nothing. Yes. If it's right. not active, there's no biology. There's no life in it. It's garbage. If there's you know, it's abundantly full of life, and obviously so. That's good compost. So when I started doing that, when when I would uh, see, I I, I never I, I didn't I wasn't really lucky to start making compost initially. So I had to buy compost from other people when I first started doing this. And when I was a youngin, I would try to learn of the compost that people made, and there's no, there wasn't any. I, I had no idea how you can tell, but I, I actually did because I grew up in Cuba and Puerto Rico, and they made compost. And mm -hmm. there's a very, really cool, simple way that you can tell if it's a, any of the biology is in the compost. And how's that? Well, a tablespoon of, bio, of the biology and a glass of, of clean water that's just been sitting out there for a while. You stir it up and you leave it alone for a while, and you can smell. If the biology actually, it'll start to change on you really, really, very really fast. The next, you know, within, within 24 hours, you have a completely different creature in that little cup of water there. And now is it supposed to smell sweet or, or like a forest floor? What's it all depends on where, what goes into making the compost. It all depends on what goes into making the compost. That's why it's very different. Uh, I, I remember it being different in Puerto Rico and Cuba and, and in Miami. Because it's yeah. different things. So in the in Puerto Rico and Cuba, you had a lot of vegetables, right? You had a lot of different animal parts. As yeah, supposed to in, in Miami, you you have very or, or here for a matter of fact, people making compost. There there's hardly any 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 um, animal manure or any of the uh, blend of these things that would normally be in the, in the in a different in an environments that was more tropical with more animals.
I mean, yeah. in Costa Rica, when I lived on a farm there, it was like horse, sheep, llama, uh, rabbit, uh, dog, you know, you name all the different kinds of animals that are running around the pig, you know, they're running around yep. the place. And they make the compost, and they, that goes into the their compost making process. Over yeah. here, I'm, when I make, uh, when I'm gonna start making compost here, uh, the the other, you know, I I could I could drive around the countryside and probably come up with a variety of animal manure, but uh, the city will come down here right away. You're you're making your your this is a manure product. You have it could cause problems. So I'm gonna, uh, so I'm gonna maybe make it in bins. But I, I, I what I'm gonna do is I see I located when I first came into to, my, uh, to Malibu, uh, the first thing I did was drive around the country, far side, and looked mm -hmm. at the ads. And so I found this really cool uh, llama farm. The guy makes one hundred fifty thousand dollars for show and tell per llama. So he oh, has, he, yeah, he has a llama farm. Llamas running around, alpacas, all kinds of other creatures, uh, goats, and they take the manure and they throw away out back. They throw yep. it away out back. If you go out back, we like dinosaur giant things are growing. <laughs> so I, so I talked to them to let me go and pick the because uh, llama pellets are uh, their llama manure are, are pellets. Yeah, same with alpaca and alpaca right. actually would go to the bathroom in in one specific spot. And they go and yeah. So what I would do is I would get those white buckets or five gallon white buckets. They go home, bury them. And and I, I, if I'm lucky enough, the llama once they start in one place, they'll keep doing it in that same place. So a lot of times, what I would do is I would take llama the manure and dump them in there, so they go, oh, this is a good spot. Then you would lift it up and you just take it. And one of the journeys that you go through with to to have a really cool organic garden is your journey to how you're going to get a hold of all these different types of animal manures that you're going to be looking for. And trust yeah, me, yeah. The, the llamas uh, and alpacas and and I grab it too because they have the little pellets. The little yeah. pellets are so easy to work with. And biology. it's a cold manure. It's not a hot manure. Exactly right. It's the biology is in there too. You can take one of those little pellets, put them in a drop of uh, in, in a glass of water, and watch what happens. Especially if you have a microscope, the biology will come out in that water, and you learn how to use that. And so when you're making your your you, when you're growing stuff, you want the pelletizer are time release. You actually sprinkle when you're doing your garden. You sprinkle them into the garden and turn turn them over. It takes a long time for them to break down. Yeah, the commercial. Uh, you always have to be careful when you're uh, getting animal manure from commercial places because they will spray it with chemicals, with malathion yeah. or wherever it is. So that's why you have to. That's one of the things you have to ask. You have to get to know the farmers. I would. I saw. Um, I, uh, and when I many times I would drive up to a place and I see the animals and I would tell, talk to them. The cow says, "Hey, uh, hey, I'm doing really good here. Everything's fine. I'm healthy." But the manure, they would spray them. And I said, "Well, okay, so I'm going to have an organic garden. Uh, is there is there anything I should know? Are, are you uh, injecting the cows? What are you doing?" Well, everything's fine. We should spray a little mass on the on the on the manure. I go, "Well, okay, well." And so ideally, so I, I gave up, but what I started telling people is, look, there's a way you can do the, you really just want to control the flies, right? You don't want, you don't yeah. necessarily want to be spraying the mouth, huh? You really want to, you know, and, and it, it's, it, it's beyond me why you don't use your own manure for your property because, you know, you you should be doing, you should be cycling these animals right back into your property and you should, everything will be growing beautiful, but you're throwing away 
you, yeah. you, that's what they do. You, they just bring a big giant hauler and they haul the stuff away. But so I, I, I would teach a few of them what they can do to, uh, because if they did it right and then they can actually sell it to people who, who do organic gardening because they would buy it. I would buy it. Uh, and the llama, I, I, I would bring them bags and they would bag it up. And I would sell, I would put that, I call it Malibu gold as a picture mm -hmm. of a llama, as a picture of a llama on it. And uh, what I would do is I would get a, a presser and, and compress them into a block. Right. You guys know what I'm talking about. This will compress it into a block. And, but so the, 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 one of the keys to growing your own food is you want to go on this journey of go beyond the seeds because the seeds are important. Uh, me, I have a seed bank, and it's really interesting because I have the seed bank for maybe 50 years now, maybe 60 years. I kind of seem to remember having always having a seed bank, mm -hmm. uh, even when I was a uh, youngin. Uh, so you're but, still a youngin, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I have tons of ridiculous seeds in there from, and I'm not talking, you know, what seeds. I'm talking about vegetable seeds. I'm talking about things like black garlic. Uh, I have these yeah. black garlic seeds, which is totally ridiculous. I'm going to start growing them again. But I have all kinds of uh, seeds from around the world. Heirloom, these are heirloom seeds. That's one of the things you want to do. You want to grow heirloom or heirloom seeds yeah. you don't want to go to the store and buy these these chemically coated seeds and these are very weak i mean there's a chemical in there that sterilizes everything as soon as you stick them in the ground that poor plant is going to be going i need my cocaine i need my cocaine now and you yeah, i need my yeah. spray i need my pesticide I, what's wrong with you people you know it's like right and so, so that that's very important. Genetics is very important. You really and there are lots yeah. of really cool places now, places now that you can like, literally get seeds from around the world. I have seeds from China, Japan, uh, all different parts of the world because it's not illegal to be shipping these seeds anywhere you want to. There are lots of places you can get you can get them from. Uh, there's a whole seed catalog. You remember the whole Earth catalog where the whole seed catalog is a, makes a, a variety of different beautiful types of seeds. So you want to key into that. But then, and then you want to key into the trace minerals. You all, and the, the yeah. easiest way to do the trace minerals is to do the worm farm mm -hmm. and the compost. That's two different things. If you get, re, you want to get really, really good at making compost. And the reason why you're making the compost is you want to have the bio, a bio, a, a, a microbially rich, minerally rich compost. Yeah, that's what yeah. you want. You want to be able to take a little piece of that little a little compost and tie it into a, a little tea bag, whatever way you want to do it, and get maybe 15 gallons of clean distilled water. Let it sit there, and bubble it for maybe a half hour or two, and then spray it on your on your in your environment. You'd be surprised at just doing that because you know the microbes in there. You you, you aerate them. You, they're made. They're happy. And I also too, I've learned that it, it, um, uh, Granny Smith's molasses. Granny Smith's molasses, tablespoon okay. of granny, granny Smith's molasses into this mixture will make it go. Source, man, you're giving them the juice. You're you're giving them that cocaine again. You know what I'm saying? And you can take that and you can spray that onto the soil and onto the leaves, and you can spray your vegetables that way too. Mm -hmm. you, it won't hurt you at all if you decide to eat. A lot of times when I'm spraying customers' places. I, I take a leaf of something, I eat it. She says, oh, my God, you're eating it. I says, yeah, it won't bother me at all. It won't hurt me at all. 
so I do the vegetables. But so so you want to get really good at at helping this the microbes do their thing. Yeah. Now we got a uh, question: Is that sulfur oh, yeah. or unsulfured molasses? Oh, it's, uh, well, okay. So it depends on the purpose what you're using for it. Because if you're making okay. a mixture that you want to control a fungal disease. Because one of the main the mixtures for controlling a fungus to see a fungus a fungus among us is you want to make this molasses microbial mixture with the trace minerals. I I would use a C90 with it because it's so easy you get 90 out of it. But if you if you I also have 10 different 14 different kinds of rock dust, so it's a blend of trace minerals in there. You want to get learn how to make your own blend of really cool trace minerals that you feed to the really blend of really cool microbes that you make. The, the, mm -hmm. the worm farm is just one type of microbe. You still have to get a, I, ha, I have about 10 different sources of microbes that I get, which reminds me I have to call Layton up because I like his product. His has a very unique, Layton stuff comes from, did he, where is it from? Uh, Connecticut or somewhere over there? In the, fish brew. Yeah. His where fish where brew is that, brew. right? Right, which is another part of the United States. So we're bringing the biology over there to here, which is really cool because that's what's happening. The biology, it's like, I don't know about your place, but here in California, it's shot. <laughs> it's really shot. There's yeah. hardly anything going on here locally. So you have to be bringing the biology in. You have to figure out ways to help it to survive here. Yeah. Well, and it's not just soil. It's not the soil biology that Leighton and Fish Brew is giving you. It's it's the... the uh, out of the sea, out of the fish, and that biology is necessary on the soil. We're supposed to be getting it, but it hasn't been on our soils for a long time. That's why, you know, you know that biology is so important to bring back into our soil structures. That's that's exactly it. Because you, and you see, I I, I um, as a gardener and and learning to work with the soil and learning to grow things. I like the word organic because the way organic means to me is just how you learn. You do things and it and you it's an organic thing you learn. It's just you you yeah. do it and you don't you don't even know what the fuck you're doing, but you're doing everything right. Everything's working out really cool. And I've learned that these biologies, if I was to bring something and it makes everything grow, even if it's just a short period of time, you go, did you see that? Anybody see that? Because that's that's the the, the, the plants and everything going. Hey, we like that. Can we get more? Mm -hmm. And so that's and so again, it has to be a blend. So every time I try, I think I find something, I realize it's really a blend of all these mm -hmm. other things that really, really makes it work. And so when you're doing your your growing, when you're learning to grow things, first you want to never grow in a straight line. You really don't want to do it. Mother Nature doesn't do that. Mother Nature doesn't have peas in the straight line. Mother okay. Nature has it all spread out. And, and also a blend. There's all the things growing in there with it. But a lot of times when mm -hmm. I do a garden for people, they say your, your, your rabbits and other things are coming and eat. It's another story why you have the rabbits in the first place. But the, it's real easy for pests to go right through your garden and pick what they want to eat. But if you have it blended with other things, because there's also a, a, a benefit of uh, growing with garlic, for example. Certain plants you can grow in your garden that will stop other animals from coming and eating. You just have to learn if you decide if you can handle that particular type of flavor that it enhances to them. Elephant garlic, for example, has a particular type of flavor that can be passed on to other plants. And normally people don't mind that if they if they like that, because then but the bugs do. Yeah. 
So I don't think we actually finished uh, uh, Ghetto Hippie's question. Or you said that there's a difference. You use both sulfur and unsulfur depending on right. the so application. You use the sulfur if you're if you're if you're planning on using it for a uh, a disease. Uh, you don't you need the sulfur if you're using it as a microbial feed. But even but you could it, it does. It, 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 you could use it. It just depends on a variety of things. But you, even then, the sulfur is actually very good for the microbes to break down as well. Mm -hmm. Well, so, they need that those chemical compounds as well, right? Because right, we're taking it, it down right. to the molecular level, guys. So I would say you definitely use the sulfur one because that added benefit of having sulfur because it's very important the mineral mm -hmm. that's, that's needed to you so so if you ever can get sulfur you just have to learn where how it's made because you have to be careful if you I, I you know i'm sure the chemical sulfur products are no good and, yeah and, and then there's also this to consider don't be a moron remember to maintain the balance and the balance basically for me means there's just not one thing going on there. there's a whole bunch of the thing and they're all balanced together it's all in a harmonious balance going on there and that's what makes it really cool. Everybody, like a billion trillion things, all doing something, and yeah, like, yeah. right, they're all dancing. So that's the important. So so far, we I'm saying that you you uh, of course have to work on the structure of the soil. You want to be you want to, you don't want to be um, disturbing the soil all the time. You want to get it growing. And initially, that's when you dig a hole. You plant. After that, you don't disturb it. You leave. You leave it growing. You want it to go over the years. That soil structure will change. It will allow for the microbes to be in there. Allow for the earthworms to be in there. Things to be happening. You need that st structure going. You also have to remember that you you have to be constantly supplying microbes and minerals. Microbes and minerals. A blend mm -hmm. of microbes. A blend of minerals on a regular basis. Even if yeah. you have it. Even if you have a a, a a property filter that filters out the water. Okay, so you're a little step closer. There's still just the air is toxic. Just you know, just the just, right. The acid rain is toxic. There's so many different toxics, and then of course, there's no bit, there's no line, solid wall between your place and the toxic place next door. Yeah. <laughs> so that's constantly that's constantly creeping on you on all sides. It depends on what what's going on around you. You know, or the airplanes going? flying overhead. I know one grow that was uh, set up beside an airport. They actually could never pass a chemical test, and it was just because of all of the fuel from the airplanes in the air getting sucked into their ventilation system. They couldn't pass a heavy metals test. That, that's exactly right. And so. Uh, it, it, so ideally, you want to have like a community of people band together, so that that your neighbors are organic too. At least you have a little wider area that you yeah. can, you know, that you can at least. But it's always a guy across the street that's going to be spraying something. And the way it works, mm -hmm. a lot of times you have it. I remember in Miami they were spraying malathion over people's property, even though they were organic, and the farmers too. There was a big mm -hmm. battle about, hey, I'm an organic farmer. What are you doing spraying marathon over my plane? Well, we have a right to spray this whole area here. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And so this con the, the bottom, bottom line is this constant um, damage being done to the, to the yeah. local ecosystem. 
Hey, medically fit. I got to get you uh, on uh, talking about, uh, um, oh, geez, the electrical system in plants. Um, oh, it's slipping out of my brain right now. But you know what I'm talking about, medically fit. So get, reach out to me, on DM me on, on Instagram, brother. Humic acid for people uh, 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 also does the same thing, too. Yeah. So well, you, and we actually have uh, a, a discount code for humic yeah. acid for uh, for people through uh, yeah. Quad Egg. It's actually um, the Ironclad. If you go to the website, uh, it's all about the biology.ca. I actually posted all the different um, discount codes on there with an image of what everything is, so you guys can can find out. But um, sorry, Andy, go ahead. No, no, I'm just, uh, I I I have to go to that side myself and take a look. Yeah. Because uh, I know that you want to uh, uh, do the humane thing. You're very, for humans as well, it's very interesting. Yes. Things, things you want to do for your garden, you really should be doing for your own, quote, garden. Yeah. So, so yeah. Lily was saying, does Andy have his chat on? Are you seeing the chat, Andy, or? Yes, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the chat. Uh, I don't I I do have a problem in that in that in order for me to see the chat, I have to do the oh look the things there are words on that. Well, oh, yes, they, you actually have to put your glasses on to see it. Yeah, that hi. <laughs> so yeah, yes, Earth's grounding. Now I can see it because I didn't have my I didn't have my, these glasses on. So they're like. I have about 30 different glasses when, my, when I had my eyes done, glasses for everything. Uh-huh. Andy have his chat on. What okay, and Lily wants you to read this. Okay. So that you understand what terroir actually means. since It's a French thing, and she's part French, so she's got to get it in there, you know. So terroir is a French term used to describe the environmental factors that affect a crop's phenotype, including unique environment con uh, context, farming practices, and a crop's specific growth habits. And, that, and that's cool in the sense that every place has their own unique, unique environment, mental thing going yeah. on there. And so that's that's one of the things you want to learn. What is going on? What's my terror here? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is it that I can just utilize in this little space that I have here to to make that a more solid environment for my for what I need to grow? That's what I'm going to mm -hmm. do. Where I'm where I'm moving to now, I'm going to look. I'm going to set up the space, and that's yeah. the space I'm going to convert into like my own little terror. Yeah. You know. See right. Your piece of heaven on earth, brother. Then that's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to be planting some fruit trees, planting more, more, so more, more roots in the ground. The farm, pharmacy seed network. Is that is that a place you can get seeds? That, that I'm sure there's lots of really cool places to get seeds nowadays too, and, that, and that's important yeah. too. There's a network. Uh, there are lots of places you have to start getting the seeds, and then one of the things you you always want to do is you want to grow. The next generation from the same plants that you grew there. So you always want to let one part of your of your plant, you know, if you have if you go five lettuce, one of those lettuce you let it go to seed, and then you start mm -hmm. growing those, and you keep you keep doing the process. You'd be surprised how the environment will change the, the seeds in in very short time. 
Yeah. Right. So like here, here in Cal in Malibu, it's foggy. And so people, mm -hmm. a lot of plants have a problem with uh, mildew and stuff like that. Yeah. The powdery but mildew. If you, but if you can start growing the plants here, they'll, they'll genetically get used to the environment. And the only reason why the plants have the powdery mildew is not so much the fog it's the pH of the soil. Yeah. You'll, you'll find if you have the key into the pH of the soil, <clears throat> and I, I actually wrote down, uh, let's see, I may have it over here. I don't know if I did, or, I did it or not. Uh, darn. I wrote down what pH means. It's a photon exchange of hydrogen, I think it is. That's something to do with hydrogen. How the hydrogen is a, and, and the, the pH basically means how effective it is in, in transferring energy for me, energy minerals and stuff like that between the plants and the minerals, and also, but more more importantly, the the pH tells me there's a certain pH level that the microbes live in. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the pH level you really have to key into, because then you want the most microbes in that range to be active for you. Because if you go too high the pH or too low the pH, you have less and less microbes. And no matter what you do in terms of providing minerals to the soil, the microbes are not there to make it work. And that's yeah. one of the things people have to understand. Like over here, we have a pH of 7.274. Yeah. That is way too high. Yeah. Yeah, right? definitely. It should be 6.8. 6.8 is where you have the, the most abundance of the microbes. And depending on the type of plant, some plants can't live in the higher pH and some plants have no problem with it. That goes back into the history of it all. Um, but one of the things I, I think I would like to, to point out is the seeds that are coming for, uh, from those plants that are farmed, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with chemical inputs don't have the biology in the seed itself that they really should and that's why we're getting a lot of these weak seeds out there because the biology isn't there um in the seed the mother plant never had the biology to put into the her seed so we're not getting it in the next generation either right that's why you want to try to uh, uh once you once you grow in your own environment and you know that you you are uh, uh have a good environment the biology will start to work and then once the biology works, the next generation of seeds will also have the same biology going for them. What is, what is by the way, what is a neonicotinoids? Neonicotinoids. Um, that's the chemicals they're using to, on the seeds um, to coat them. Um, is, Lily can, can get the actual description of it, but it's, it's not very good for us or the plants. Sounds like it has something to do with the same thing that uh, nicotine does. And that's why it's called that. It's some, some derivative of it or some, something that was made from, from that particular type of plant. Nic Wouldn't surprise me at all. Nic it's like a fungicide or, or something like that uh, that they're putting on the seeds. If, but don't quote me on that one. Right. So it, 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 it looks to me like it's a nicotine type of product. Yeah. And, and and the nicotine is very 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 bad, very very bad. Mm -hmm. I, I would not even uh, use it. I would not uh, touch it. I would wear gloves. I mean, I would I would not use it at all in my environment because it, it'll stick around. It'll stick around your environment. Next thing you know, it's going to end up in your liver and your kidney. Trust me, it will. Yeah. 
or the animals as well. 6.4 is really cool. Yeah. Uh, if you can keep it, get it down to 6.4. And I like what uh, uh, the farmer, uh, Pharmacy Seeds Network is saying here. No, not only do they not have the biology, many of them also lack the actual trace uh, mineral nutrition uh, from a seed to, or for a seed to sustain itself long enough to establish itself. And that's one of the big problems. And that's, and that's that, that basis of that too is also, I follow to the extent that when I go to a customer's place, they don't have the biology or the minerals to survive very long. So you have to give them, the, give them the biology and the mineral. You have to provide that. That's what yeah. I do with my services. I make a liquid, I'm constantly spraying the biology and spraying the minerals on a regular basis. And then try to work out with the customers or the people or whoever it is to start making physically the, a, an environment, right, a terroir that allows the biology to survive. Because what's the point of yep. doing that if you're not changing the, the, the terrain, the terroir, right, the, for yep. the biology to grow? And that's yeah. the key. That's the key right there too. I mean, I, I actually think that's the most important thing that we can pass on to anybody. Is you, you get that terror going, baby, and you'll be surprised how fast everything will start to work. And you have really abundant food source on a regular basis all the time. Maybe even do a greenhouse. So you yeah. don't need. Let's see. You don't need. You put the pharmacy seeds up. I like that. I like him. He's cool. Let's see what he says. This one here, uh, yeah. you don't need pesticides at all. Um, get trace minerals. Uh, let's see here, uh, nutrition and biology right, and let plants use their own immune yeah. systems. See the plant health pyramid yeah, exactly, and that's why you know the two components are so important. Uh, and I can get all the trace minerals into the soil, but if I have don't have that biology, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's not what you eat; it's what you absorb. Yeah, and and, and so that, that that's why. But the the bottom line to me is is that if you when you have this terroir and you have this you seeds, you have a good source heirloom seeds that have to genetically grow right, and you're growing them, you you're gonna you're gonna find that they're not gonna have pesticides, pests, or diseases at all. It may a pest may stumble upon these plants and go. Okay, I nibbled and I do not like it. Bye, 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 bye. Or even a disease, because the conditions that these pests and diseases need are not there. <coughs> right? See, yeah. and that and that's a lot easier than to try to reverse something that's already happening and try to make it healthier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we start with health in the first place, we're good. Right. Right. It's, it's really harder when somebody calls me up and I go to plants. Well, this plant is dying of, uh, of trace mineral deficiency. It's, it's, you're lucky that, it, you know, it's on, it's on some kind of, uh, it's on some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, emergency feeding. You know, what do you call it when they're barely surviving? You know, the, the plant's barely there. And, yeah. and it, it's impossible to, even if I spray it fuller, if I fuller spray with the biology and the micro microbes in the trace minerals, that poor plant cannot even hardly absorb it anymore, let alone put it to, to work. Yeah. But it is like Lucas, cool, brother. Your first uh, char burn. Um, are you using a tea lead uh, or are you using some other method to make your biochar? Just question. 
so somebody was mentioning uh john camp um i'm not sure where our conversation was that uh we would have been on there but then lily had made uh um the neonicotinoids um is a relatively new class of pesticides that are increasingly being shown to have a negative impact on our ecosystem and in particular on pollinators and one of the reasons i'm reading these out guys is uh we actually do uh take the streams and put them onto podcast software so you can find us on google itunes spotify uh places like that on on a lot of the episodes as well just yeah, to let nic you know nicotoids are the are a nicotine derivative it's like we're going to do all this tobacco all this nicotine yeah it's a very bad it, it kills the, the nervous system of any creature, including insects, people, animals, mammals, you name it. It gets in the environment. Nicotine is one of the worst permissive substances on the planet. That's why it's smoking cigarettes. That's why you have, when you smoke cigarettes, you have five smoked cigarettes. It, it, there's a whole list of uh, how yeah. you never get away from this stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's bad for birds, bad for bees, for flowers and trees, earthworms. Everything dies. Everything dies. That's yeah. very, very bad. Um, yeah, you don't want everything to die, Andy. I no, don't want to no. die particularly that way either, you know. So uh, I, now I've heard of John Camp too. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't know if he um, still doing his thing, thing either. But yeah. so, so the so we covered some of the basics. Uh, and the other ideal tool thing is you don't really want to. I remember you were talking about trying to grow something that doesn't really grow in that environment because it's too cold. So you, you can't always grow things that that, yeah, that the environment is not going to let them grow. So you always want to try to grow something for your particular environment that you're at. That's a good idea. Uh, but you can always go indoors, too. Nowadays, more of people are growing more things indoors. You can have yeah. a really cool vegetable garden indoors if the outside turns out to be really, really bad in terms of growing up you know, in, your, in your environment. So then you can, you can grow anything indoors because you you duplicate the environment that those vegetables and plants would normally grow i think that's yeah. a really cool really make uh, more and more people are going to be doing that because it's an environment outside is getting to be where it's impossible to grow any good food and uh, uh john um is ever moving forward i'm in the regen academy there so mr kemp is still moving forward actually and, and the guys from uh, grassroots pots that we had on and there's a 10% discount for grassroots pots. Uh, he was talking about uh, some of the experiments that they're working with John on as well. So yeah, he's very still very active. Cool, cool. I've, I've known about him for like a billion years. <laughs> oh, what? You're a billion years old too. So you guys, you guys are <laughs> brothers of a billion years. There you go. <clears throat> so let's see. I covered basically everything pretty much. But I think mm -hmm. oh, another thing too is that Everybody here that grows their own vegetables, foods, or whatever, you can't just come back in a month and see what's going on. It has to be like you yeah. really need to do it every day. You need to be out there taking care of them because they, they depend on you for all kinds of things. If you ignore yeah. them, if you ignore them, Mother Nature say, okay, he's, he's not interested anymore. You can really come back and you find that they, they'll take over. <laughs> a billion years. Yeah, that's actually very young, man. That's a billion yeah. years is really nothing. Yeah. Grassroots. Yeah, man. Have you oh, ran into the grassroots fa fabric pots, Andy? Uh, no, I haven't run into them over here yet. 
Um, well, actually, I think they're from California. So, um, but yeah, they're they're very very, um, how would I say, well built uh, fabric oh. pots. They can get uh, customs. They do uh, up 200, 400, 600 gallons. They do um, you know beds, raised beds, etc. But is that very the high quality material? Is that the name of it? Grassroots. Grassroots fabric pots. Oh, cool! I'll take it. If you go to my website, Andy, or in the description. You know the link is there. You can actually get ten percent off uh, if you lose uh, use live show ten. I think it is. Cool, great. I may just have to go talk to him about being an affiliate myself. <laughs> no, it really, it really because those plastic black plastic black pots is awful. That's one of the yeah. things I do not like to grow. Uh, you know, they that that's not yeah, that you have to buy these giant clay things, it's impossible to move, and they're not very recyclable either. But these things, yeah, they sound interesting. I'll see how long they last, right? Maybe they just well, decompose. People have been using the grassroots pots for I think the longest is 12 or 15 years. Um, they use a military grade canvas, and then they started putting like John Kemp was putting uh, wrapping cellophane around his. Uh, his fabric pots to hold the moisture in. So they started putting um, a plastic, uh, special plastic inside so that you weren't getting hydrophobic on the edges, which is great for certain areas, especially um, in your area where you get the Santa Ana winds, et cetera, that dry things out. The plastic in there actually helps to retain um, the moisture content in the soil. So you're not having to water as much. That's fine as long as they use biodegradable plastic. You'd actually have to, to ask. I don't know that I ever asked if it was biodegradable plastic. I know they're very into regenerative, so I would assume that um, it is something along those lines. Right. It would defeat the purpose otherwise to be using more plastic on it. So, but yeah. the only thing about the biodegradable ones that will fall apart a lot faster. But maybe nowadays yeah. they can make something really good. If you can make a, a really nice pot, you could also make a nice uh, biodegradable liner for well, it. Yeah, you know, maybe it is Steve Cantwell, guys. So maybe I am, am, am mistaken with being John Kemp. Yeah, it's Steve Cantwell. Right. Sorry. My See, I, I make mistakes too. <laughs> well, guys, so I think we have a few minutes left. Any questions or anything? <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, so uh, take a look at my website, guys, invisiblegardener.com. The newsletter is coming out really soon. Uh, cool. I'm, working, I'm working on doing some on, really cool online online classes going on. And of course, I'm always here to help you out. You can always talk, send me a question. I'll be happy to answer it here on the air for you. That's one of my favorite things to do is have it teach people, uh, answer their questions, you know. And I, I have a hard time looking at you guys and reading. And I don't even want to look over there because then I have to start typing. Uh, and when I start typing and I'm not here, and so I, I'm not sure how, how, the, how to do the comment thing because it's just, I, I can't split my, I hire somebody to answer the comment for. That's what I'll do. I just hire somebody to. Yeah, she wants it in writing that I make mistakes and ain't gonna happen, baby. But you do have it on video, but I'm not gonna sign it, okay? Sorry. So, the uh, next week's uh class, believe it, but next week's show is going to be on, uh, believe it or not, uh, flea 
free living. Uh, organic strategies for flea control. So okay. I don't know if any of you, cool. I don't know if any of you have a pet or anything, but that that'll be very cool because you really don't want to be using uh, chemicals for your for your pets. Okay, you you, you want to know if I have a, a pet? Well, here, how about uh, this one here, one one pussy cat, and then oh, let me grab a dog here. Yeah, I don't have any pets in, in my house, Andy. Not at all. And then of course there's there's the other dog, you know. So yeah, that that's a that's a good one for uh flea control. Although we don't really suffer from fleas on our pets up here. I've never don't think I've ever had fleas up here. I think it's because it's it's cold enough, the environment is harsh enough that maybe they don't don't survive too well outside. Over here it's an entirely different thing. Uh just recently a whole bunch of family raccoons walked by. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah. There's several hundred homeless cats right out here outside. Uh, so this fleas almost almost year round if you're not careful. Uh, and so and people are are, are there. There's a really very a couple simple ways that we can I'll introduce you to that you can use to control fleas without killing you uh, out uh, using pesticides, chemicals, all those things. That are very very. I have a, I've had five or six, maybe seven cats now in a row. So I. I learned how to control fleas and stuff. By the way, next, I want after that, we're going to call Unearthing the Soil Secrets, Exploring the Power of the Soil. Cool, cool. I think we're going to have some amazing shows, uh, and I know that you are working on bringing some more people on uh, to get yeah. some, some more voices on, Andy, and I'm, I'm just patiently waiting for, but you're moving to your new place here next week where you've got a lot move. more I've, area to grow. Right, as we speak, right now there's boxes everywhere, things yep. everywhere. My cat is in here somewhere. I hear her meowing on it. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> and so I have soon boxes in the garage, boxes in every room. Uh, so it's exciting. This is fourth fourth time I've moved in two years. So uh, mm. I don't I don't really like doing that. So the new place I'm at, I'm gonna have a special room for the studio so I can do the podcast in there, uh, do my music, uh, my artwork. Uh, I'd like to someday show it to you guys, but hey, we want to, we can stay. I'm going to have a separate show. By the way, the Cosmic Spaceship has a whole new artwork, uh, come, and, and that's the place where you can also look at, my, not only listen to my music, but also look at my artwork, because I do the artwork as a background for the music. It's called Cosmic And, and guys, that's on his YouTube channel on, on the, um, oh, what's it called? The, um, oh, geez. My, I'm having a real brain fart tonight. Um, you talking about my channel? Yeah, yeah I, that, the Cosmic Spaceship is on your YouTube channel yeah. um, in well, one of the I headings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, I guess what anything else we want to do, we kind of got a little shorter today. <laughs> well, we got one minute left, but yeah, we can cut it now, my brother, because I think you're getting a phone call. you got to return. So tomorrow night we got Luna. Uh, back on uh, as well with uh, Josh from BioAg coming on with her. So uh, other than that, I'll have a new R&D Grow Show on either uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll just have to see how things work out. But other than that, Andy, love you, brother. And uh, everybody, have a great night. And we'll catch you very soon. That Take care, though. Bye.